Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to preview this rematch of Super Bowl 57, the biggest game on the NFL calendar so far this year, the Philadelphia Eagles in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Birds looking for a little bit of revenge, but they won't be doing it in front of Taylor Swift. Yes, of course, leading the Eye on the Enemy podcast this week. There will be no Taylor Swift in the stands. She was planning on being there. She was planning on bringing her parents, and the Kelsey parents were supposed to be there. Swift's parents and Kelsey's parents were supposed to meet for the first time at Monday's game, and now you have Entertainment Tonight colliding with the NFL, and and all heck is breaking loose here. But uh, unfortunately, there was a, a, a death of a fan uh, before one of her concerts in Brazil over the weekend. It forced a cancelization uh, of a show, and so that show is now going to be on Monday night. She was planning to fly to Kansas City from the show who cares right just thought you'd want to know <laughs> before we get into the football and i will say the one thing i'll say about the whole taylor swift thing and chiefs are seven and two right they they have had a very good season they're the top seed in the afc coming into this game they're still very very good you do wonder if any of this is going to be a distraction at any point during the course of the season for the chiefs and as we're going to talk about here over the next little while the chiefs strength this year has not been patrick mahomes and the offense it's been one of the best defenses, one of the best pass rushing defenses in the NFL. And we're going to talk about what should be the the strength-on-strength strength matchup in this game, which is the Chiefs' defense against a high-flying Philadelphia Eagles offense. But, um, of course, this is going to bring back memories of Super Bowl 57, the 38-35 to 35 crushing loss that the Eagles suffered late in that game, denied an opportunity to try and tie or go ahead late in the game thanks to that referee's call uh, of holding on James Bradbury. Uh, we don't need to relitigate the ridiculousness of that call or what happened in that game, the slippery field and everything else that conspired against the Eagles in Super Bowl 57. And of course, a hat tip to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes gutting it out in one of the one of the grittier games you're, you're ever going to see. But um, kind of an interesting scenario here uh, for this rematch as these two teams are coming into this game. They both had their bye week last week, so they've both played nine games. Philadelphia, of course, best record in the NFL at 8-1. and one. Kansas City right behind them at 7-2. Seven and two. This is the seventh time in NFL history uh, of a regular season matchup between the previous year's Super Bowl participants, and the Super Bowl winners have won five out of the previous six. Monday's showdown also represents the winningest 
season after Super Bowl rematch the league has ever seen. So Philadelphia and Kansas City have a combined 833 winning percentage. That's better than the 813 winning percentage that we saw with the Steelers and the Cowboys back in 1979. That's according to NFL research. So never before have we seen a Super Bowl rematch with two teams who are doing as well as the Eagles and Chiefs are doing so far this year. So a a lot of times these Super Bowl rematches, they don't live up to the hype because traditionally the Super Bowl loser has stumbled and struggled the following year, but the Eagles have not done that. Nevertheless, the Super Bowl champion, again, is 5-1 and one in these rematches, and, and that's usually because you have a Super Bowl loser hangover. The Eagles have not had that so far this year. And of course, one of the other big numbers you're going to hear Going, coming into this game on Monday night is Andy Reid's 28-4 and record coming off a bye. Just astonishing what he has done, what he does with his team preparing them coming off a bye week. So as we dive into this game and look a little bit more at what the Chiefs are going to bring at the Eagles here, we'll start off with the Eagles offense taking on the Chiefs defense, and, and this is the marquee matchup here in this game. The Chiefs the, the Chiefs' defense is the more dominant unit over the Chiefs' offense, which is crazy to say with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has been one of the, and their receiving core has been one of the weak points, and we're going to get into that in a second. But the Chiefs' defense has allowed 15.9 points per game, which is tied for second lowest in the NFL. They are fourth in yards allowed per game. Uh, the Eagles' offense, meanwhile, is tied for third in points per game at 28, averaging four touchdowns a game, and they're fifth in yards per game. So a lot of the hand-wringing about Brian Johnson, they're putting points up on the board, and a lot of that is due to a guy who I think is could be the league MVP this year. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts also deserves a, a lot of consideration for, for that award, but A.J. Brown getting some serious discussion for NFL MVP, averaging 7.4 catches a game this year, just under 112 yards per game, averaging just under 112 yards a game. He has six touchdowns so far on the season. Now, you got to say this about the Miami secondary. They are capable of shutting down big receivers. Uh, last time out against the Miami Dolphins, they held Tyreek Hill to 62 yards and just 7.8 yards per catch. Those th That secondary really rallied to the ball. And the big key matchup here, if you're looking at the Kansas City secondary, is Legereus Sneed, who is a fantastic cornerback for them, going up against A.J. Brown. Legereus Sneed uh, gave up no yards last week. Zero yards allowed in their last game two weeks ago. So far on the season, he has allowed a 54.9 passer rating when quarterbacks throw his way. Now, that's not the best mark in the NFL. The best mark in the NFL was owned by Deron Bland, who returned an interception for a touchdown on Sunday for the Cowboys. He was ranked number one in terms of passer rating allowed. And Eagles receivers scored two touchdowns and had a 128.3 rating last week against the number one cornerback in the NFL. It is a true irresistible force meets immovable object type situation here. So that's going to be a key matchup, uh, Legereus Need against A.J. Brown. But of course, the Eagles also have Devontae Smith, who is averaging 4.7 catches a game, 59.2 yards per game with four touchdowns. He had that beautiful score over Deron Bland uh, a couple of Sundays ago. Eagles receivers scored two touchdowns and had a 128.3 rating against uh, Deron Bland, as I mentioned, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So they can do it against anybody. Now, the Chiefs' pass defense has done very well against wide receivers. So, yes, Brown and Devontae Smith are probably 
probably the best wide receiving duo in the NFL. Chiefs pass defenders allowing an 84.5 passer rating overall this year. They're allowing an 83.1 passer rating to wide receivers, 6.1 yards per attempt, sixth in incompletion in percentage allowed. So you can see that the Kansas City uh, secondary here is one of the best, if not maybe the best in the NFL right now. You've got Trent McDuffie over on the other side um, and uh, uh, Joshua Williams, uh, Jalen Watson, uh, your third, number three, and number four cornerbacks, and Justin Reed, Brian Cook do a real good job uh, at the strong safety and free safety positions. They've got, they, they can really play some ball in the secondary and, and they are ball hawks and they, they will go after it and they will go get it. Um, I will say they actually haven't had a ton of interceptions so far this season. Five INTs on the year. But they do a good enough job stopping plays, getting getting offenses off the field, and and getting the ball back. They don't give up a whole lot, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a slog, or it could be a slog for the Eagles trying to get the ball done through the air. Jalen Hurts enters the game with three straight games of passer ratings over a hundred. He has just one interception in his last three games, and that's a nice thing to see after he had been throwing some picks. A lot of them weren't his fault, but some of them were some bad decisions there. He has straightened all that out as he has been dealing with this bone bruise in his knee. And one of the things that we found out this week was that he has been practicing and moving around without the brace on his knee. I know some, I know the other podcasts here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed have talked a lot about that. You don't need me to say a whole lot more than that. But one of the things we would be watching for in this game is to see if Jalen Hurts' mobility is back. He clearly was hampered out there. He clearly isn't, wasn't able to run as well. So he was doing his damage from the pocket. It just shows you how diverse he is. He can beat you in a million different ways. Now, having him as a running threat opens up the running game. We're going to talk about the running game here in just a second, because that might be the key to the Eagles winning this game on Monday night. But if Jalen Hurts' knee is feeling good, that's going to help him with mobility, help him in the pocket, help him buy some time. So hopefully that knee is uh, is feeling a whole lot better without the brace on. It certainly sounds like that it is. Now, the Chiefs defense isn't going to blitz very often. They rely on their front four to give you most of the pressure. And Casey's pass rush is extremely good. Tied for second in the NFL with 31 sacks. They are sixth in the NFL in quarterback hits. And George Karlaftis leads the way with six sacks. The former first-round pick is a really good pass rusher. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they move him over. They like to move their guys around a little bit. Uh, George Karlaftis going up against Jordan Mailata could be a bit of a mismatch for Mailata. Karlaftis can really get after it, but you've also got Mike Dana that you've got to worry about. Five and a half sacks for him on the season. Six tackles for Lawson. Of course, their stud defensive tackle, Chris Jones. Another big season for him. Five and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits, and five tackles for loss. Now, the bye week came at a great time for the Eagles. It allowed a lot of their guys to get healthy, like uh, Jalen Hurts, as we mentioned a moment ago. Another one of them is Cam Jurgens, who the running game really stalled when he went out a few weeks ago, uh, and now he is going to be back in there. So you've got your big boys in the middle. Actually, Cam Jurgens isn't one of the quote-unquote big boys. Tyler Steen, a much bigger guy than, than Cam Jurgens. But having Cam back there, uh, he's been the better player at, at right guard so far this year. So it gives the Eagles their opening week offensive line for the first time in quite a while. And I mentioned Jordan Mailata just a second ago. He's been the weak spot on the offensive line so far this year. Six sacks allowed so far this season from the former pro bowler. No one else on the Eagles has allowed three sacks. But the Eagles offensive line will give up some sacks. And a lot of that is because Jalen Hurts does hold on to the ball a little bit too long sometimes. 
tries to get out of the pocket, tries to make things happen, but he'll get sacked for like a one-yard loss a lot as he start as he's trying to make things happen and move around a little bit. You know, you they count as sacks, but they essentially work out to being like one-yard losses on on a running play. It's just because he's keeping the ball uh, that uh, and he's tackled behind the line. If it looks like it, the play's starting off as a as, as a passing play and not a straight up running play, then that does go down as a sack. So some of those sacks are not necessarily pure sacks, but uh, Mylotta has been the weak point on that offensive line so far. Now the Eagles will be without the loss. Uh, will be without their tight end Dallas Goddard. How do they make up for the loss of Goddard? They're not going to get a whole lot from Jack Stoll or Calcaterra. We all know that. So I think you're going to see them play some more four wide receiver, probably with Julio Jones getting on the field. Hopefully he took this opportunity to learn a lot more of the playbook and they've been able to get some more packages in for him. Maybe you see some more two halfback sets, two running back sets. Maybe you see Rashad Penny play a little bit more with DeAndre Swift out there or DeAndre Swift and... um, Kenny Gainwell out there at the same time. They're going to have to get a little bit creative. They're going to have to figure out a way because you're not going to get a whole lot from the tight ends. But that's why you went out and you got Julio Jones. And Olamide, Olamide Zacchaeus is, is somebody who has come up with some big catches this year. The guy you're not hearing a whole lot about anymore is Quez Watkins, which I'm fine with because I do think there's more upside with with O and uh, and with, uh, uh, with Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones, I'm hoping that there's a little bit left in the tank there, and maybe Julio can give you some of those yards over the middle, 10, 15 yards down the field uh, that uh, Dallas Goddard was giving you. And the Eagles did okay last year without Dallas Goddard. They figured out a way, uh, but they had a better running game last year. They were able to deal with the loss of Dallas Goddard by running the ball more, and that's maybe where you're going to see Jack Stoll play a little bit more at tight end and focus on running the football a little bit more in certain passing situations or running situations instead of pass, pass, pass. They might try to use Stall and his running his pass his run blocking ability, pardon me, to try and get the running game going. DeAndre Swift has slowed after a hot start to the season. Four and a half yards per carry on the year, 68.2 yards per game, three touchdowns, but he was over like seven yards a carry for the first three weeks of the season. So uh, he has lost, um, they, the whole off the whole running game has 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 lost a little bit of something but this is the chiefs defense week area last week the chiefs gave up or two weeks ago pardon me the, uh, the chiefs gave up seven yards per carry to raheem mostert of the dolphins 4.6 yards per carry allowed to running backs so far this year and one of the things that i said i wanted the eagles to do during this bye week was figure out how to get the running game going again because that's what makes this team so dangerous, especially late in games. When you've got a lead like they had against the Cowboys two weeks ago, they they, they closed it out, but it, they made it a lot harder on themselves than it needed to be. And, and last year, one of the things the Eagles did quite often and quite easily was just go on those late game seven minute run running drives where they just ate up clock and would churn out first down after first down after first down and just demoralize teams, especially inside the 20 when they would get inside the red zone. They could run the ball, and a lot of that was Jalen Hurts tucking and running on quarterback options and getting to the outside. When he's done that a few times this year, the juice hasn't been there, but for a few games here and there. So this is what I'm hoping the Eagles have been working on because you can run on the Chiefs. You can run on this team. And maybe this is a get-right game for the Eagles running game. You've got Cam Jurgens back in the lineup at right guard. You've got the, the opening week 
starting lineup for the offensive line in there. Maybe you've got a healthier Jalen Hurts at quarterback without the knee brace. Maybe he's able to do a little bit more. And you see this running game start to have an impact the way it hasn't really over the last couple of weeks, especially inside the red zone and especially late in games. That would be a huge thing for the Eagles to get going this week because it's going to be difficult to attack this Chiefs secondary through the air. That being said, we haven't seen anybody be able to stop A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts through the air so far this year. And when teams are focusing on Jalen Hurts, all of a sudden then, boom, Devontae Smith hits you with something down the field. And you just can't sleep on this team. You can't double-team A.J. Brown because then Devontae Smith's going to get you. Uh, or you're going to be able to work some things over the middle. Jalen Hurts is seeing the ball, seeing, was seeing the field really well. Uh, coming into the bye week, and so it seems like this Eagles team is fresh. Uh, this offense is is playing pretty well, and if they can get that running game going, that's going to be a big key for them against this Chiefs defense. All right, let's switch things up. Let's look at the Eagles defense against the Chiefs offense, and a surprising struggle for Kansas City on offense so far this year. Averaging just 23 points per game, that's 13th in the NFL Man, that is real close to middle of the pack. And they are they, the one thing they are doing is uh, converting third downs. They're fourth in third down conversions. A lot of those Patrick Mahomes running this year, can, really killing you with those big third down conversion runs that Jalen Hurts has always excelled in. Now, the Chiefs, since Patrick Mahomes has been at quarterback, has never finished worse than sixth in scoring. And right now they are at 13th. Um, like the Eagles' turnovers have been an issue. 17 turnovers for the Chiefs offense, tied for third most in the NFL. Mahomes is sixth in yards per game. He has 17 touchdowns to eight interceptions. But right now, Patrick Mahomes has career highs in interception rate, in touchdown rate, fewest yards per game, and lowest passer rating of his career. And much of this is because he doesn't have a whole lot to throw to. He's got Travis Kelsey, who we'll talk about in just a second. But looking at these wide receivers, it is a weak wide receiver core. Uh, you've got uh, Rasheed Rice, who has been their best receiver so far this season. 32 catches for 378 yards and four touchdowns. But no other wide receiver on the team has collected more than 20 receptions or scored more than one time. Uh, taking a look at this group, it's it's. It's pretty ugly. Kadarius Toney, 20 catches on the season for 127 yards and one touchdown. Sky Moore, 16 catches for 201 yards and a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 14 catches, 249 yards and one touchdown. And Justin Watson, 14 catches, 276 yards. No touchdowns for him so far this year. Richie James was just activated off uh, injured reserve, but it's unclear exactly if he's going to play, and if so, how much he's going to play. But that wide receiving core, not getting the job done for Kansas City, and it's one of the reasons why Patrick Mahomes is struggling. Not a single one of Mahomes' receivers has managed a five-reception game so far this year. That's crazy. And the Eagles secondary, if there's a get-right game for the for the Kansas City receivers, it's against an Eagles secondary that has allowed a 99.9 passer rating to wide receivers and a mind-blowing 14 touchdowns allowed to wide receivers so far this year. So here's, here's the key. The Eagles finally are getting everybody back. Okay, so you've got um, you've got Bradley Roby back at uh, at the nickel uh, the uh, yeah the nickel cornerback spot, 
and you've already got Darius Slay and uh, and and um, and uh, James Bradbury. Name totally blue blank on on James Bradbury's name. Uh, Bradbury has not played all that well so far this year. He's looked a step slower. Maybe the bye week helps him out with that. He comes out with a little bit more juice. This should be a matchup advantage for the Eagles. The reason you paid Darius Slay and James Bradbury all that money was for them to dominate, especially in a game like this, against these outside wide receivers. And that's where Bradley Roby, who's a a veteran corner, uh, nickel corner, he's not phenomenal, but he's certainly better than than Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks and the other guys and asking Sidney Brown to play slot corner against C.D. Lamb. Like, that's just... That's not something that should be done. Thankfully, the Chiefs don't have a C.D. Lamb out there. They don't have a Cooper Cup out there. They don't have some of these other really big wide receivers that you would worry about. So you hope that the cornerbacks can get the job done. And you hope that Kevin Byard, now with another week to get familiar with the playbook, will, will get a chance to help shut down the middle of the field along with Reed Blankenship. Bayard was a big pickup. That was a big trade the Eagles made, and he has been pretty quiet in his two games so far with Philadelphia. So the hope is he gets going now after after the bye week. Of course, the Eagles are going to get a heavy dose of Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey should have a field day because the Eagles aren't going to match up Darius Slay. They're not going to take one of their outside cornerbacks and match him up against Travis Kelsey. They're going to ask Zach Cunningham. They're going to ask Nicholas Morrow. And they're going to ask Blankenship, and they're going to ask Kevin Bayard, and they're going to ask uh, uh, Bradley Roby to to work together to kind of shut him down, or at least stop him from eating them alive. The Eagles are allowing a 130.5 rating to tight ends this year with five touchdowns allowed. That's insane. 130.5 rating to tight ends, and we know how good Kelsey is. Kelsey is targeted a ton by Patrick Mahomes. 31 more targets than the next closest player on that team. Averaging just over seven catches a game, 74 and a half yards per game. He scored four touchdowns, but even he has had some stretches this year where he hasn't done a whole lot. I mean, Travis Kelsey is is good. He's 34 years old. I didn't realize he was he was as old as all that. 57 catches for him so far for 597 yards. I mean, I, I don't know if the the absence of Taylor Swift will help him focus a little bit more, but I mean, you got to. I do wonder if if some of this stuff is is like you know, um, distracting at all. But I, in his last time out against Miami, only three catches for 14 yards against Denver. He caught six balls for 58 yards. Now he had two huge games before that against the Chargers: 12 catches for 179 against the Broncos, nine for 124. 10 catches against Minnesota for 67 yards, and then uh, before that, uh, 26, 69, 60 yards. He's having a good year, no doubt about it. He's having a good year, but he has. There have been some a little bit of slumping here and there so far this season for Travis Kelsey. But this is a this is a matchup that. Kansas City should be exploiting here, getting Kelsey against these Eagles uh, linebackers and safeties. But as we've seen, it hasn't, I mean, the Eagles are giving up a lot of yards in total through the air, but that's because teams have just stopped running the football on them. They pass every down because you cannot run against the best rush defense in football. You can't run against Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. You just can't do it. And so teams aren't even trying anymore. They're throwing all the time. And so, yes, the Eagles are going to give up a bunch of yards in the air. But you're looking at yards per play, yards per attempt. They're closer to the middle of the pack, if not a little bit above the middle of the pack in terms of all that. 
And I think they're content to let Kelsey catch some balls between the 20s. What they really got to do is do a better job inside the red zone. And you know what? This is a game where hopefully, you know, Patrick Mahomes has been turning the ball over a little bit more. They need to get some turnovers. Your defense needs to make you some plays in a game like this. And there's no better time to face the Chiefs offense than right now. Now, you'd prefer it it wasn't after a bye week because Andy Reid had their number in the Super Bowl with those jet sweep touchdown plays close to the goal line. Andy Reid's going to have something dialed up. He's going to have some kind of play in mind. He's going to have uh, he's going to have some some trick up his sleeve because that's what he does, especially after a bye week. He knows how to get this team ready and get them fired up and get them mentally prepared with little wrinkles in the playbook, new stuff that people have never seen before. I don't know where he gets it. He's a savant, but it's it's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, they, they might try to get Isaiah Pacheco going a little bit. Uh, Pacheco was a, has a little bit of scootability, as we saw in the Super Bowl last year. Four yards per carry, 58 yards per game, three touchdowns for the little guy, and he's a, he's a little bit of a weapon for them, but the Eagles' run defense has been stout so far this year, so uh, not something that I'm worried too much about. Now, the weather could be a factor in this game. Uh, the Eagles talked about the fact, Nick Sirianni talked about the fact that they were playing, uh, practicing, anticipating for uh, uh, some rainfall on Monday night. The forecast is, at least as I'm recording this on Sunday night, light rain possible throughout the game, moderate winds blowing from sideline to sideline. So that could make passing and kicking a little bit difficult. Might see some missed field goals from from Jake Elliott. Harrison Butker has not missed a field goal so far this year, 18 for 18, including uh, three for three from 50 plus. So uh, he's been he he been pretty good uh, so far this year, but so has Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott also excellent um, kicking field goals so far this season. But the weather could be a little bit of a factor uh, for for the Eagles and the Chiefs here in this game on Monday night. I'm going to give you my prediction here in just a second, uh, but just to to run down some of the uh, action we saw here on Sunday, specifically with the the teams in the NFC that the Eagles need to be keeping an eye on. Uh, the game on Sunday night, the Broncos came back to beat the Vikings, kind of a big win uh, for the NFC. NFC contenders. The Vikings fall to six and five, losing uh, twenty-one to twenty. Uh, some late, some late heroics there for the Broncos, outscoring the Vikings twelve to three late. Uh, kind of a crusher of a loss for Minnesota, who are trying to get through the end of the season with Josh Dobbs. Dobbs has played really, really well, uh, but in this case, was able. Case came up a little bit short on the road. Tough place to play in Denver. Tough loss uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. The Chicago Bears almost pulled off the upset against the Detroit Lions, but a late touchdown and two-point conversion with under a minute left gave the Lions a 31-26 to lead, so they are keeping the pressure on the Eagles for best record in the NFC. The Lions now at 8-2. and Giants and Commanders, what an ugly, awful football game. The Giants beat the Commanders 31-19 to in this one. The Commanders, if you're listening to talk radio here in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area, asking yourselves, asking, you know, can they make a run? Sam Howell playing really playing really well. Can, can they make a run? Sam Howell, 255 yards, one touchdown, three INTs on the game. And the Giants, you know, who who are they who are they even starting a quarterback now um, with uh, with with Daniel Jones out? Tommy DeVito. My man Tommy DeVito put up a 137.7 passer rating in this game. Uh, Tommy DeVito went 18 for 26 for 246 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked nine times in this game by Washington's defense, uh, but managed to get the job done. 
So I think you can throw some dirt on any thought of the Commanders making a run at the playoffs. It looks like there's only going to be two teams from the NFC East making the playoffs this year. Speaking of one of those teams, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, again, taking advantage of the soft underbelly of their schedule. They looked really good uh, against a pathetic Carolina Panthers team. Panthers fall to 1-9 and nine on the season. The Cowboys moved to 7-3 and three with a 33-10 to 10 win over Carolina. Uh, and then uh, you had the 49ers handling the Tampa Bay Bucks. Brock Purdy threw a perf- had a perfect pass rating on the day 333 yards in the air three touchdowns touchdowns brandon Ayuk, five catches for 156 and one touchdown they made mincemeat of tampa bay and uh, really kind of controlled this one from start to finish so the 49ers moved to seven and three uh big win for them and a big loss by the seahawks in la against the rams seahawks lo- lose 17 to 16 uh, Jason Myers had a potential winning field goal in this game that he missed uh, late in the fourth quarter that would have given the Seahawks likely a 19 to 17 win. Uh, the Rams managed to hold on. The Seahawks fall to six and four, one game behind the 49ers in the NFC West, and uh, that's uh, that's a. As you look back, those are the kinds of games when if you fall short during the course of a regular season, that's that's the kind of game you look back on and you just you just just you kick yourself. Uh, for for not being able to for not being able to get things done there so um, so yeah so that's uh, that's how the NFL shapes up not a lot of help for the Eagles here um, in in uh, week eleven but that takes me to my prediction uh, for Monday night's game here against the Kansas City Chiefs and of course this is you know this is Andy Reid this is a longtime Eagles coach nineteen ninety nine to twenty twelve man took us to four straight NFC championship games right took us to a Super Bowl appearance he he he's the, the franchise record holder with 130 wins. Reed is 4-0 against the Eagles. The Eagles have never beaten their former coach. This would be the first time if they can manage to pull it off on Monday night. Since uh, Nick Sirianni took over, the Chiefs and the Eagles have been the two best teams in the league. They hold the league's two best records, Kansas City 33-10, the Eagles 31-12. The, the it's just been it's what an incredible run by these two by these two franchises and uh, it's it, this should be a really really good game here on Monday night uh, the big key is going to be as it was in the Super Bowl pressure Patrick Mahomes now they couldn't do it in the Super Bowl last year because the the Chiefs ground crew head was in charge of the ground crew for the Super Bowl field and installed grass and paint that made it extra slippery for the Eagles. So the Eagles pass rushers, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, couldn't get to the quarterback. But now you've got Josh Sweat, who comes into the league, uh, comes into this game with 50 pressures on the season and six and a half sacks. Hassan Reddick leads the team with seven and a half sacks, 43 pressures. Jalen Carter, 31 pressures, four sacks. I mean, just unbelievable stuff here from these guys. Milton Williams is having a phenomenal season as well. If Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes has a clean pocket, he has a passer rating of 113.6 this year. When he's under pressure and he does not have a clean pocket, that passer rating drops to 49.4. And he has five interceptions under pressure this season. That is tied for second most in football. That's the ball game right there, folks. That's the ball game right there. I think the keys here, are obviously, getting to Patrick Mahomes, making him feel the pressure, getting the interior of that line to, to get a good push against the Chiefs offensive line that has had a rough couple of weeks. 
That, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs fans have been saying it for the last couple of weeks. The offensive line is not doing well right now. And you've got Sweat and Reddick and Brandon Graham came alive against the Cowboys. Maybe, uh, maybe he is going to, you know, turn something in. That'll be that'll be a, good to see. Derek Barnett is uh, is out for this game. He's a, a healthy scratch due to a personal issue. So that might mean some more Nolan Smith this week. I mean, I see Nolan Smith get into the action a little bit and and make some things happen. But they also have to run the ball. This team has to. I don't normally, I'm not normally a run the ball guy, but I, I think you want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and you want to get this running game going and take advantage of what has been the Chiefs' weak point on defense. So listen, this is a coin flip game. Uh, if I'm flipping a coin, I can't pick the Chiefs to win this Super Bowl rematch. I really think it's a 50-50 game. And, and, and it may be the Chiefs as the home team with Andy Reid's uh, record with the bye you probably should pick the Chiefs. I'm not. I'm going to pick the Eagles. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than we saw in the Super Bowl, especially if there's some rain going on. But I think both these teams will score some points. And I'll say the Eagles win this one 31 to 27. Should be another really good game here on Monday Night Football. This Super Bowl rematch against, again, the two winningest teams in a Super Bowl regular season rematch in NFL history. We've never seen a Super Bowl rematch as good as this one. And so far this season, here in week 11 of the 2023 NFL season, this is the marquee game. So I can't wait to see what the ratings are going to be, even without Taylor Swift sitting in the stands with mom and dad. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. I hope you guys enjoy the game. Uh, We will do another Eye on the Enemy later this week uh, as uh, we get ready for the Eagles' next opponent. The Buffalo Bills will be coming to town on Sunday. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll deal with that game after we're done dealing with the Kansas City Chiefs later tonight. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. P-G-N. <laughs>